In Jude 9, we read of Michael the Archangel. Is Michael the Archangel actually the Lord Jesus Christ? That's what we'll talk about in today's episode. This is the Doctrine for Doxology podcast. Now, this we're in kind of a Christmas break mode, and so these are some bonus episodes. But if you ever have questions or comments, you can email me, doctrine4, that's the number four, doxology at gmail.com, or I'm on Instagram at the Real Bear Martin. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel, the very first sentence in an article on the JW.org website. That's the official Jehovah's Witness website. This is from an article entitled, Who is the Archangel Michael? All right, it says this in the very first sentence, quote, Michael, referred to by some religions as St. Michael, is evidently a name given to Jesus before and after his life on earth, end quote. So a simplified version of what Jehovah's Witnesses believe is that Michael is the only thing Jehovah, that, that's Jehovah's Witnesses refer to Jehovah, that's the Lord God, there's only one God, and that is Jehovah, okay? So uh, they believe that Michael is the only thing that Jehovah ever created. So Michael is the first and, and obviously the greatest of Jehovah's cre- uh, creation. Then through Michael, everything else was created. Michael is only a spirit, so Michael ceased to exist when Jesus was born as a human. According to Jehovah's Witnesses' beliefs, men do not have a spirit. So Jesus, when Jesus died physically as a man at the resurrection, the spirit Michael was recreated, so to speak. Okay, so you have uh, Jehovah creates Michael, Michael creates everything. Then Michael ceases to exist. You have Jesus on earth for 33 years. Then at the resurrection, Michael is recreated. Okay. And so that, so Jesus and Michael are one and the same, except Jesus is like the physical earthly form is a, a way to kind of think about it. Okay. So that's, that's how Jehovah's Witnesses arrive at this conclusion that Jesus and Michael are the same, okay? Now, the the arguments that Jehovah's Witnesses put forward, and by the way, there are other people that are not Jehovah's Witnesses that also believe that Jesus is the archangel, or excuse me, that Jesus is Michael, the archangel, and so these, and they'll use all these same arguments, okay? It's just a, they kind of nuance their conclusions uh, in, a, in different ways, but they're using the same Bible verses and the same concepts, Okay. So here's the basic argument for, like like the pro-argument that Jesus is Michael the archangel, okay? First off, the, the word archangel in Jude 9 says Michael is the archangel. Now, archangel is a compound word, and it's, it's two Greek words, arche, which means ruler, and angelos, which is angels. And so the, the, an archangel is simply a leader or ruler over angels. So it's not necessarily a type of angel, okay? It's, it's more of a description of someone who leads or rules over angels. So Jude 9 says Michael is the archangel, okay? It starts out, but when the archangel Michael, okay? So some interpret the article here, the, to be pointing out that there is only one 
archangel, and that Michael is this one solo archangel, okay? Now, they will then connect this. They'll say, okay, there's one archangel, and that's Michael, okay? Then they will connect it to 1 Thessalonians 4.16, and that verse says this, For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Okay, so the argument goes like this. There's only one archangel. Michael is that one archangel, and Jesus has the voice of an archangel. So therefore, Jesus is Michael. Okay, so that's kind of how that that argument would work. Another argument that, that tries to support this idea that Jesus is Michael the archangel would be that Michael is the, is called the great prince, okay? Michael seems to, to lead the battle against Satan and demons. In Daniel 10, 13, it says the prince of the kingdom. This, By the way, the context here is an angel is speaking to Daniel, okay? So this angel says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. Okay, a, a few verses down in Daniel 10, so same chapter, a few verses down, it said, verses 20 and 21. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. And then a few chapters later in Daniel, Daniel 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Okay, So in Daniel chapters 10 and 12, Michael is shown to be a great spiritual warrior who is fighting for the nation of Israel. He, he is one of the chief princes, and he is called the great prince. Okay, Now notice also here in this last verse in Daniel 12 that Michael is linked to the resurrection. So in Daniel 12 too, it says, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So Michael is linked to the resurrection there. Certainly Jesus has power over the grave. He calls Lazarus out of the grave. And so they'll they'll link those um, that sort of concept together, trying to, again, tie Michael and Jesus together. Michael is the, the leader of a great angel army. So Revelation 12 verses 7 and 8 say this, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. Okay. Now, certainly here Jesus fights against Satan. We, we talk about Jesus defeating Satan. And here Michael is is kind of leading up this fight against Satan and is actually the one that that conquers the dragon. Okay. And so again, there's there's some connections there between Michael and Jesus. Jesus is also the only other person in the Bible who is referred to as the leader of the angel army. So 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8 says this, and I'm, I'm 
jumping into verse 7, by the way, so it's not a full quote of verse 7, but it says, When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, 27, For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Okay, so the Jesus is also leading this angel army. So, in summary, basically, we see the descriptions of Michael matching up in different ways to some of the descriptions we have of Jesus Christ. And so that's that's how the links are made and how some people develop this belief that Jesus is Michael the archangel, okay? Now, again, Jehovah's Witnesses are not the only ones who believe this. So I've heard some Christians holding a similar view that that uh that Michael and Jesus are the are one and the same, okay? Now, if you believe that Jesus and Michael are are the same, you have to pick one of two options, okay? Option 1 is the Jehovah's Witness option. And and so they say that Jesus is not Lord. So if Jesus is Michael, they 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 would also be saying that Jesus is not Lord. Now, of course, they say this because in Jehovah's Witness theology, Michael is this great angel, but he's still a created being, okay? And so they they reject the idea that Jesus is Lord, and so they have no problem attaching Jesus to Michael the archangel, okay? So that's option one. If you're going to hold that they're the same, you you... Option one is that you have to say that Jesus is not Lord. Now, Christians proclaim Jesus is Lord. So Jehovah's Witnesses are not Christians. Romans 10.9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So the Jehovah's Witness position is one that separates them from salvation found in Jesus Christ. You must say that Jesus is Lord. If you deny Jesus is Lord, you are not a Christian. It's very simple. Now, option two, this is where Christians are holding to the idea that Michael is uh, Jesus, okay? So option two is that you have to say that Michael is Lord. All right, so that may sound like absolute heresy, uh, but let me explain the position again. This is not <laughs> this is this is not my position. I'm just saying I've heard some Christians uh, try to defend this idea, and they're not rejecting the idea that that Jesus. They're not rejecting the Trinity or any of that. Um, and so that so here's how they have to do it. They have to say that Michael is Lord. So some people believe the Bible sometimes reveals Jesus as Michael the Archangel. Now it is it is a more common belief to see Jesus as the Angel of the Lord. So a lot of people believe this, myself included, that in the Old Testament you have this figure, the Angel of the Lord, which is a pre-incarnate Jesus. Okay, so that's a very common belief. But and the reason we come to this belief is because the Angel of the it's the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is referred to as that, but then speaks as if he's the Lord, and sometimes is just simply referred to as the Lord. And and so that's that's how that belief is is held. Okay. Now, although it is a minority interpretation, Christians who believe Jesus is Michael, the archangel, 
they are are sort of following that same line of thought. They're they're matching up the descriptions and and things like that. So they would say that Jesus, of course, is the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord is Michael the archangel. So they're just linking all three of those together, okay? So people who believe this, they're not trying to add to the Trinity. They are not taking away from the glory due to Jesus Christ. They would say that Jesus is the eternal, you know, creator of all things, second person of the Trinity, all of that stuff, okay? So all of the orthodox Christian beliefs, they would affirm. And so although I disagree with their interpretation of some passages, and I'm going to get to that in a second, for for those people i i would consider them christians because they are they're not trying to they're they're not taking away from anything from jesus christ now some counter arguments for for all of this first off the lord uses angels and people to do his will all the time so just because michael is said to be leading angels does not necessarily mean he is the lord now we are told in scripture that michael is an archangel and I'm not sure if Michael is the only archangel. I, I don't think that that Jude 9 passage has to mean that there is only one archangel, okay? Um, so I, I just think that Michael, like the archangel Michael, just like the baseball player Ken Griffey Jr. does not mean that he is the only baseball player ever, okay? So I, I, I don't think that the Jude 9 has to mean that there's only one single archangel. All right, um, so I think that's that's kind of a stretch. Also, if you take this phrase that Michael is one of the chief princes that we saw in Daniel ten, if if we say that a to be a chief prince is the same as being an archangel, then obviously that would imply that there's multiple. So there's certainly enough in Scripture not to uh, l- to lock yourself in, and so that it has to be that there's only one single archangel. Okay. Also, the voice of an archangel. Let's go back to that argument. In 1 Thessalonians 4.16, let me read the verse again for you. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. So there's three things there, a cry of command, voice of an archangel, and the trump- a sound of the trumpet of God. I think it's a stretch to say that this verse must be telling us that Jesus is Michael the archangel because of because of the voice deal, okay? It could just as easily mean several different things. It, it could mean that Jesus proclaims uh, his coming with a mighty and powerful voice, like the voice of an archangel. So it, it could be a comparison here. It's a, it's a mighty and powerful voice. It could also mean that an archangel announces the coming of Jesus with a loud voice. So this mighty voice of an archangel is announcing the coming of Jesus. Also, we have the trumpet sounding. Now, is Jesus doing all three of these things by himself? Is he commanding and and shouting with the voice of an archangel and sounding a trumpet? Is he doing all three by himself? Or is it like a king entering a town with heralds and trumpeters announcing his coming? And so there's there's different ways to to interpret this passage. Again, it's not so solid and locked in that there's only one way to to look at this that that Jesus has to be an archangel. And so it might mean that, but it it certainly doesn't have to mean that. Now, the most convincing, I mean, for me personally, the most convincing reason 
that I reject the idea that Jesus is Michael is because of the way Jude speaks of Jesus compared to Michael. So the entire book or letter of Jude is only 25 verses, all right? It's it's only one chapter, and so when you're talking about a verse in Jude, you simply say Jude and a number, and it's the number verse. You don't have to say the chapter. So it's a very short book, okay? But Jude makes it very clear that Jesus Christ is Lord, okay? So the context of Jude is he's he's warning the, the body of the letter. He's warning against false teachers, and so Jude writes in Jude 4, For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. In Jude 17, it says, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord, Jesus Christ. In Jude 21, waiting for the mercy of our Lord, Jesus Christ, that leads to eternal life. Jude 25, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, authority, before all time and now and forever. Amen. So four times in just 25 verses, Jude calls Jesus Lord. Now, remember the context of Jude. He is warning against false teachers. So he's describing what these false teachers do. And so I'm going to read Jude 8 and 9, okay? Verse 8, yet in like manner, these people, these false teachers, that's who Jude's talking about, also relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Okay? Now, with with all the the power that Michael has as an archangel and and battling against Satan and demons, okay? He does Jude is commending him for not stepping in place of the Lord, okay? He's the Michael is saying the Lord rebuke you. And again, Jude in speaking with false teachers, his argument here is that false teachers are stepping out on their own power and trying to rebuke Satan and demons. And and Jude's saying, no, do not do that. Even Michael, the archangel, didn't do that. That's, that's Jude's basic argument here, okay? And so Jude clearly says that Jesus is Lord, and then the only time that we read of Michael in the book of Jude, he's, he's commending Michael the archangel for not presuming to act like the Lord. Okay, so for me personally, that's this is kind of the passage that I look to and say, okay, I believe the Bible is telling me that Michael and Jesus are not one and the same. Okay, so the the other arguments that I mentioned, I can I can see how people can arrive at those conclusions. Again, there's two ways to do it. If you're taking away from Jesus, if you're demoting Jesus, then that is an obvious problem. Jesus is Lord. And so when you say he's not Lord, that's a a huge problem, okay? Now, the other way of saying, well, Michael is is the same as saying the angel of the Lord, which is the same as we would say is, is Jesus, okay, then I can... I can see how people are 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 getting there, 
Um, I just am not there myself. Okay, so I do have certainly a lot more grace for those uh, people, and I would say that you know you could be a faithful Christian, uh, but just hold that minority view that Michael is the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus. Okay, so that would be my my basic point there. Now, an interesting tie-in, a cross-reference to Jude 9, okay, talking about Michael and and Satan and and rebuking him, Uh, a cross-reference here for this phrase, the Lord rebuke you, is Zechariah 3, 1 and 2. So let me read those for you. It says, verse 1, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. So we have the angel of the Lord here present in this scene, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Okay? Now, here in this verse... The, this is the classic one where we have the angel of the Lord, but then the, this angel of the Lord is doing what the Lord does, is, is like standing in place of the Lord, okay? So the high priest, Joshua the high priest is standing before, standing in front of the angel of the Lord, and Satan is standing at Joshua's right hand to accuse him. So they're, they're like standing in court before the angel of the Lord, okay? And then in verse 2, it says, and the Lord said to Satan. So the angel of the Lord speaks as if he's the Lord, okay? He says to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you, okay? So this is why I believe the angel of the Lord is a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, but not Michael, because this, this same verse, we have you know this cross-reference here, Michael is commended for not presuming to speak for the Lord, and whereas the angel of the Lord is acting as the Lord and and speaks as if he's the Lord, all right? Now, in closing, yesterday was Christmas Day, so our closing verse has nothing to do with today's topic, but it is most significant at Christmas time. One of my favorite verses to reflect on at Christmas, it's John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 